I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And this is the Money Basics Podcast. Welcome to episode three. I want to go through quickly what we're going to chat about today. And basically what today is all about is managing money and kind of the basics around managing money. I know that there's been some feedback online um, with some uh, random people messaging out and stuff, um, asking about budgeting specifically. We're probably going to touch on that a little bit today in, uh, in today's episode, but Dan and I really feel like budgeting really deserves its own episode and probably planning it for the next one, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, the first point I have here is what is managing money when it comes to personal finance? So for me, uh, managing money is budgeting, which is funny that I was just talking about it. Um, the, the biggest game changer for my own style of managing money has been the style, the way I budget. And the way I budget is I use a budgeting app and I do everything real time. So anytime I make a purchase, I open up the app, I add it into, into uh, the app that I use is called every dollar. That's just the one that I like. Um, but there's others out there and, um, I just sort of do everything real time. And what that's allowed me to do is, is at first it was really tedious. I remember doing it thinking like, oh man, like I only have, you know, X amount of money for groceries, X amount of money for gas, whatever else that I put out. Um, and I remember thinking like, oh, this is super restrictive because, well, in, in reality at first it was because the whole point of us doing it at first was to get out of debt. So we were really squeezing every penny at the time. Um, but as we move forward with doing it, I realized that it wasn't restricting anymore, it was liberating. Because then I could go to the grocery store, I could go to the gas station, I could go shopping for whatever, I could buy stuff on Amazon and be like, I have you know, $200 to spend on, I don't know, whatever, something on Amazon that I wanted. So then I could I could do that and it w I wouldn't be worried about it. Whereas before when I didn't budget, uh, I'd be stressing, you know, and, and my style before was I'd credit card everything and just say, oh, I'll pay it off later. And then when the end of the month came, I was looking at the credit card bill and I was thinking, oh my God, how am I going to pay this off? And I would work my butt off picking up extra shifts when maybe I wouldn't have had to if I would have budgeted this whole time. And the, the only reason it seems restrictive or seemed restrictive, like, like you say, budgeting should be giving you permission to spend the money because you have a plan, okay? You're intentionally doing what you want and need to do with that money instead of just spending off the cuff on whatever. So it only seems restrictive at first because you're coming from this, this period in your life where you're just buying absolutely everything, spending way more than you ever should, and then you go to a, a planned sort of intentional approach. That's why it seems restrictive. But like you say, once you sort of wrap your head around it and understand that budgeting is actually, it's not this negative restrictive thing, it's this positive thing giving you permission to spend that money on the things that you want, as long as it's intentional and it's planned and it makes sense and you're getting value out of a dollar instead of just buying a bunch of random crap that you don't really need and isn't really going to improve your life any and I, th I like that point because like you and I have very different styles right just the two of us and like mm. that can be you know anybody listening anybody in the world everyone Absolutely. has their own way right so like you mentioned it in our, one of our intro episodes where like I'm more emotional you're a little more structured or logical logical yeah thank you so like that's absolutely correct I don't take offense to that it's absolutely true and so what I find I'm doing now is, is before I would just buy, you know, whatever. I'd be like, okay, like, I don't know. I wanted a pair of, uh, I, let's say phones. That's an easy one. I wanted like the best phone, you know? So I would go and get, you know, the best phone that was out at the time that I wanted. Whereas like now, because I've been budgeting, 
I, I it, it makes me sort of push the brakes a little bit and I start looking like, okay, what do I need and what do I want? And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, we shouldn't go out and buy the most expensive thing, but like if you can afford it, you know, like yeah. you, if you've got the money, literally cash for it and you've got money in the bank and everything's good and you want that $2,000 phone or whatever it is, go for it, you know, but um, also though, like weigh the value of like what you're buying so for example this phone example i think it's a perfect example when i went shopping for a phone this has been basically my whole life um phones are not a thing that like interests me a whole lot i mean obviously i use a phone just like anybody else i'm not like oblivious to the use of a phone but like the people who buy the two thousand dollar iphone like never in my life has that ever been appealing to me because I would look at the phone and all the things it could offer and I'd just be like, what, what even is that? <laughs> like, like I don't, I don't know what half these features are. So why do I want to spend $2,000 on it? I will never use that phone to, to its potential. So I would just go for like, really the big things that are important to me are like battery life. And I don't know, I guess a half decent camera. It doesn't have to be great. It just has to be pretty good. And as a result of that, like I buy like a $300, $400 phone and that's a $400 phone is kind of an expensive one for me. And as like for my use, it, I get just as much value out of it as the person who goes and buys the $2,000 phone. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people, not necessarily everybody. And, and like you say, if you know, if you've got a million bucks in your bank account, go ahead, buy the $2,000 phone. But you know, if money is sort of something that you're, I wouldn't even say concerned about, but you're cognizant of, something that you pay attention to or that you should be paying attention to, um, you know, think, are you going to get the value out of those dollars or is there somewhere you could put that money that, you know, might do a little bit more good for you? Yeah, and that's the whole thing. You know, we talk about like, you know, uh, the, some one of the themes of this this episode is about balance um, and, and talking about that, like, it's not hard to go and spend money, obviously, like they, they, the, the biz companies, they want you to spend your money. Right. So yeah, it's about finding value. Um, and I think that's something that I've really built into my life the last couple of years, you know, like with anything. So like, you know, my interests, I, I, I will look at things and say, okay, like I know what the top brands are and what the best thing is, but like, what can I get? What can I research? What can I find that's going to be equally as good or maybe a little bit not as good as the best one out there but it's half the cost and it still gives me the best the the, the same performance or at least what's going to work for me you know like I, maybe not everybody can connect with this but like computers for example you know like i i built my own computer rebuilt it and like i could have went and spent you know top dollar for everything and i'm like no like what am i using it for um what's going to give me the best bang for my buck and i've really like i've really toned down the emotion and, and started really doing more research because today's day and age, everyone is on YouTube, for example, or I need Google, people write too, right? But I, me, I use YouTube a lot because I love consuming videos. And you can find videos on anything. People review everything and it's so cool as a consumer because if you're looking for we can get back to the phone example you can check out any phone you want and someone will have reviewed it and will tell you what it does doesn't do and everything and you can determine so when i went and bought my phone as an example um i literally made a list what do i want what do i need and i tried to find balance between the two and i think i did a really good job with that you know and i uh, often will compare you know my $300 phone to a $1000 phone and and sure the $1000 phone will do certain things better but it, that was a want to me not a need like my it's completely functional does everything i wanted to do and i didn't spend a million dollars on it yeah and for the record both jordan and i are running lg phones uh, different models <laughs> but lg phones who would have thought amazing bang for your buck 
Um, you know, you can find a lot of value out there for for not a crazy amount of money. You can get basically everything that you would want or need, assuming you're not like whatever. I guess doing pro photography or whatever. I'm not sure what people do with two thousand dollar phones. Yeah, but the point is, is like just doing a little bit of research, you know, and and by a little bit of, by research, that sounds like a big scary word, but like literally watching YouTube videos is what my definition of like, research like is. Like and subscribe while you're at it. Yeah, like and subscribe, Money Basics, uh, YouTube, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, everything. Please appreciate it. Um, but like we can apply this to anything, right? It's like if you're looking out to go buy a new car, another car, you know. Mm research that a little bit like I said everything's online now it's amazing you know even for us with the money basic stuff like we bought a microphone to do this podcast you know we could have bought the two three four five hundred dollar microphone and we bought the fifty dollar one and we had some issues in the first episode but we've added a couple of extra things and it sounds better today also, also some of our issues are because we're just figuring this out as we go so bear with us slash uh, idiots yeah we're, we're kind of dumb too but we figure it out eventually uh, we would get a lot of feedback on these podcasts, uh, and like I've been saying to Jordan, let's give it five podcasts before we start to sound semi-professional, because obviously there's a lot to learn along the way. Anyways, we're getting a little little off track here. Do you want to reel, but want me to reel us back into the script a little? I got one <laughs> okay, last okay. thing to say. So I took a sip of my coffee, and I'm thinking about it. Okay. okay. So when we talk about value and managing money and personal finance, right? Um, what, every day I drive into work, I drive by a Starbucks, I drive by a Tim Hortons, and I drive by a McDonald's, and the lines are always right to the road mm-hmm. like jam-packed okay and you know find mcdonald's and, and tim hortons coffees you know you're spending a dollar eighty two dollars you know on a medium large whatever and starbucks well you know starbucks like six eight ten bucks for, for <laughs> a, a, a milkshake basically but uh you know thinking like value if you're really looking and i know it like people will say well you know i got to treat myself and all this kind of stuff and i like my starbucks and like that's fine if that's if you can afford it that's fine but i know a lot of people that can't and you know they buy two Starbucks in a day, and it's like you're spending, yeah. you know, let's say twenty dollars, rough, arguably a day on coffee. That that people. adds up to a yeah. lot of money. At Surprisingly, the end of the month. some people do that. So like I'm drinking my coffee from an espresso machine, which in my opinion, you know, is obviously it's on the top end of the of these homemade coffees like Keurig and and Tassimo and the other brands that are out there. But like at this point, I can make it just as good an espresso um, as Starbucks can make. And I it maybe cost me a dollar fifty, maybe a little bit more per cup, um, you know. So I'm I'm really cost cutting there, finding that value. So that's yeah, my and point. and he's saying you know a dollar fifty per cup, but we're talking like he's got the frother, he's you know making the mixed drink. Like this is like the cappuccino grade type thing from Starbucks. That would what what does that cost at Starbucks? Eight bucks? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Six six dollars for like a tall, there and then go. and then eight you know they're almost eight dollars for, and then if that's if you don't tip. So it'd be pretty easy to to do the math on that. You know, how, how long until you get your money back from the initial investment of, you know, buying the machine and the froth. And that was something that came up yesterday. Mel was running late for a girl's day and she was going to go to Starbucks, get herself a coffee and she didn't have time. So I was like, I'll make you an espresso. And she was like, no, 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 him and hanging by. I said, no, no, I'll make it. It'll be just as good as, as Starbucks. Anyway, so I made her one that I usually make and she texted me like 20 minutes later and she's like, this is better than Starbucks. I don't know. Maybe she was being nice, but whatever, I'll take it. Man, okay, I went. I went. Sorry, one more thing. Yeah, one more thing. <laughs> it's yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah. an eighty-five minute podcast. <laughs> That's all uh, I went to Portugal in the summertime uh, with my fiance, and uh, there was this drink there. It was called a galong, and uh, it was a coffee. It's like a mixed milk coffee thing, and we would drink it there, and it just blew my mind. Everything's dirt cheap there. It was like a, basically a buck to get this thing, and they served it everywhere, and it was amazing, no matter where you went. And I drank these things like four times a day for like a month straight. And then I came home and I was very sad. I was like, I'm never gonna have one of those again. All it really is is like a like a um, um, like a cafe latte type thing, or like a milk coffee 
thing. Uh, anyways, I came home and I, shortly after I got my Nespresso and I made that, that Portuguese drink with my Nespresso and it's exactly like what I was drinking in Portugal. It was amazing. So, nice. I don't know, you just get awesome quality for, when you think about it, over the long term, it's not really that much money versus going to Starbucks, spending your six, seven bucks, whatever it is. Yeah, and then you do it for long enough, and you, like, and then that's the other argument that I hear people, I don't have enough time, but I, like, I don't know. What do you mean you don't have time? Yeah, I, I, I don't discipline. think that, You I, have time. If we stick to the coffee subject, I don't think that's a that's a whole thing, because you'll wait in line just as long exactly. as it takes you to make your own that's coffee, or at least that's right. been my experience, so... Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so, so yeah. back to the script. Let's yeah. reel it in a bit. I, 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 can, I can reel this in here. So we were sort of uh, broaching on the subject before we got in huge tangents about coffees and phones. <laughs> um, basically, the gist of it was, you know, a one-size-fits-all approach is not, um, it's not going to be adequate for everybody. So the example would be, you know, if you make 20 grand a year and you got a crippling debt, you obviously can't live the same lifestyle as the millionaire who's got all kinds of money. So... You know, we give this cost savings advice about efficiency and how to track your expenses and budgeting and all that stuff. That's not going to be equally true for every single person. You have to find what works for you. And like Jordan had said, we each have slightly different approaches. Um, Jordan does what I would consider to be strict budgeting. And I talk about this in my course a little bit. Um, he does a strict budget and, and and that sounds bad but it's not it's like like we talked about strict is just giving you permission it's just strict as in it tracks a lot more things specifically and I do what I would consider to be a loose budget which in reality is it's not really a, a budget it's more expense tracking so it's like a review back um, to how your previous period has gone so I'll get into my my method a little bit um, but like Jordan said at the beginning of the episode um, we don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of budgeting because we could talk about that for like five hours. Yep. Well, maybe not that long, but it's a it's a big subject. Okay. It's a big subject, and we probably want to do our own thing specific to that to show you specific examples. Uh, we've been talking a little bit in house about possibly doing like a little free seminar online thing, maybe. Anyways, we got some ideas in the works that we're still hashing. But that out. being said, you do go through budgeting in your course, and I'm pretty sure that's one of the free chapters. It is. It's the free chapter, and I honestly want to update it not update, I want to add to it because um, there's some apps and stuff like like your app that you showed. I didn't include specific yeah, so specific apps. It was just broad concepts. So and let's talk about that. So how would people access the that? That would be on the Money Basics. Yeah, yeah. if you just go on the moneybasics.thinkific.com uh, website, um, you'll see, just browse around the pages, you'll see it. There's a tab there that says the free, ch try out the free chapter and you can check that out. And there's one strictly on budgeting and then we just added um, my favorite app, uh, sort of a quick tutorial on our YouTube uh, page uh, money basics course um, on the every dollar app so there are some budgeting things out there already but we we do want to dedicate an episode to it because yeah. I, I could literally talk about budgeting for five hours it's just been such a huge change for me um, yeah. positive change yeah it's budgeting's huge to me that's like probably within the top uh, I don't know three things maybe top two things you could do to, to basically build and preserve wealth and make yourself rich over the long term um, so let's get into some sort of specifics here a little bit. I'll, I'll go first about how I run my, we'll say, budget. Can I just add one thing? All so right, I does, guess. does one size fit all? And I completely agree with everything you just said. And that's one of the things that I really like about managing money is that there are so many different ways to achieve wealth, let's say, but like to manage money and so many positive ways to do it. And it's so broad that like literally anyone can do it. You can manage money that fits your lifestyle. You can. Everybody is everybody. And that's that's what I wanted to really highlight in the does the one size fit all type approach. Yeah. Um, so the way I run uh, my finance budget stuff, 
Um, so like we said earlier, I don't do specific budgeting. Um, I do expense tracking. And the way I do that is I run Google Sheets. So there's a, a template that exists that I use. Um, and also Sabrina, my fiance, runs that as well. Um, now the way I do it is essentially I don't actively track my spending and my income. And the reason I do it this way is because I'm in a pretty good financial position. Like I'm disciplined. Um, like we said earlier, I'm kind of logical. I'm, I'm not super materialistic. I don't really buy stupid stuff very much once in a while, but I'm pretty good because I, I just don't care to spend all my money. But that doesn't mean that my way is the most efficient. Um, so what I mean by that is like, um, you know, if I were strict on watching every single dollar in real time as I do it, I bet you I would save a lot more money than I do now. Um, but in the finan financial position that I am in right now, like I don't need to do that um, in order to come out at the end of every single month with a positive number, meaning I have more money coming in than I have going out. So what I do is I track this through Google Sheets uh, and I do it on a monthly basis. So I'm not actively watching the money in versus money out day by day, but at the end of the month, I review the spending and the income that I had from the month before. Um, so I punch in all the numbers in this app and at the end it spits out a number and it'll either be green for good, I made money, or it'll be red for I spent too much money. And typically, because I'm pretty disciplined and my expenses are very low compared to my income, um, typically that's a green number and in my mind I always set this benchmark and I've had this benchmark for many years if my number at the end of the month is plus one thousand dollars I'm happy now obviously the more the better but if I walk away with a thousand bucks extra at the end of the month to me that's a successful month um, now there's times where that doesn't always happen right there's times where I've got huge expenses um, for a long time I was paying my property taxes um, in a lump sum not monthly um, so that would be a huge bill. You were talking a couple thousand dollars. Um, the way they do it in my city is it was actually in two installments. So it'd be, I think it was like two grand or something crazy like that. Um, so when that happened, it would be pretty tough to have a green month. But um, in the months leading up to that, sometimes I'd have a month where it was $2,000 in the green. And then, you know, property tax month, I might be red by like 300 bucks. And I wouldn't worry too much because it balances out quite nicely. But the point is doing it this way, expense tracking, although not as efficient as budgeting, the goal is to be aware of where your dollars are going and aware of what dollars are coming in. And if I look back and I see, wow, I've had a red month or I've had two or three or four red months, hey, it's time to start making some changes. Yeah, so it's a little, uh, it's a lot different than how I do it, and and I learned my lesson that I, I can't I expense tracking doesn't work for me, um, and I think that's just because I got into an unhealthy habit with my credit card spending back in the day, um, and we tried to it was a proof Mel and I my wife and I it was a proof that we couldn't do credit card spending <laughs> um, because. Back before, I used to spend all my money or buy everything on a credit card and then pay it after, and then I'd be like, oh, we're, you know, sort of forget what I bought and not track anything. Um, so then now we got ourselves into a better position, and, you know, we said, let's use a credit card to get, get points. So when we used the credit card and just paid it off later, we sort of lost track of what we were spending, even though we were budgeting it, even though we were um, actively budgeting for everything and using a credit card, we still got ahead of ourselves, and it's crazy. And I think that's where the emotional part. Uh, comes in for me and and Mel my wife is the same way like we just we love spending money so it's it, it made it very difficult for us to do so and, and this isn't unique to, to 
you guys or to this couple that we're talking about, right? Like this is, credit cards are designed to do that. And we've had this discussion, Jordan and I, many times about um, putting spending on credit cards and I'm all for it, for me, my situation. And like we said, I'm in a pretty good financial position. Um, I put all of my day-to-day spending on my credit card. And the reason I do that or how I justify it is because I get, I get, well, not points, it's like cash back, but it's the same thing. Whether you get points, cash back, it's all the same. But the way I see it, I get like 1% or something like that on everything. Uh, so I look at it as I'm getting a 1% discount on everything I buy. Uh, but I'm not like, I'm not stupid or ignorant. I know that the credit card makes spending easier, which makes me spend more money. And I understand that that psychological effect is probably so subtle that I don't even realize I'm doing it. And Jordan has a very different take on that and how they run their finances. You don't really use credit cards much at all, right? Yeah, we, well, we use them on occasion for certain things, but it's like one-off spending. Like we, I think we buy our gas on the credit card always because we get extra points for that with through ESO or whatever. Um, and then like, you know, when we pay for my son's hockey or like a larger expense, we'll use the credit card, but we pay it off pretty much like, well, actually we do literally use credit card and then you go to the bank account and pay it off same day yeah. most times. So yeah. And, and one way is, well, honestly, probably Jordan's way I would, I would wager money that his way is better. Um, now this is the emotional versus logical thing, right? And I'm very logical and I like to think I'm like a robot, but I'm not, nobody is. Um, so I fully expect that the psychological effect of the credit card spending, I probably do spend more money and I just don't even realize it. And I always thought it'd be kind of fun to run like a three month experiment where I put all my spending on credit card only, and then do another three month experiment where I do cash only. And I, I would bet money that my, my cash period would be much less than my credit card period. I would almost guarantee it. Um, but anyways, that's, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I can go specifically into how I do it. So like I said, like I do on the spot budget tracking through an app. So like anytime I spend any type of money, um, either I'm doing it right on the on the fly. Like like I'll, for example, go to the grocery store, buy my groceries, and I'm standing in line waiting for the cashier to sort of, you know, wrap up and ask me to pay. If I see the price of my groceries on the screen, I will be on my app right there and then, and I'll just put in like $291 or whatever it is. And I put it right in and then bam. Um, and to me, that's comforting because like, especially at the grocery store, that used to be a huge stressor for my wife and I. We'd go and be like, oh my God, how the hell are we going to afford this? And we would just throw everything in our cart. And it was such a shit show. Um, but now it's more structured and now we're like, we have X amount of dollars to spend. It's fine. It's usually a, a pretty large sum, especially at the beginning of the month. And um, anyway, we do it on the fly. So I, I, we like it that way because then it, it like it gives us permission to spend money, basically. Yeah. And if and if you've watched Jordan's uh, little budget app video, his is done in real time. And what we mean by that, his is truly budgeting because you'll see he has like we'll call them little baskets. So on his app, he'll say now these are just examples because I don't really know. But let's say for example, he'll have on his app for the month he has five hundred dollars of room for groceries. Let's say, and as he spends, he inputs that, and it'll show on his app. Okay, today I spent two hundred dollars on groceries. His app will now show that little basket. It'll say two hundred dollars out of five hundred spent. Correct? Yeah. Roughly. I mean, this is just examples, but yeah, yeah. It'll it'll it, it gives us little like lines, like graphs and stuff, and everything stays green as long as you're under the the proposed amount. So what we we like is that if we have any excess with our income and we haven't like sort of budgeted it, it'll tell you you have you know, X amount extra at the top. So that way, if we do go over groceries or we go over something a little bit, that that specific line will be red, but we can say, oh, we've got like a thousand dollars extra. So we'll just pull 50 bucks from that or something and we can balance it out. So it's not something like at first we were super strict. We we're like that extra is going towards debt. Like in the beginning, that's what we were doing. Um, now, obviously we like to use the extra to invest or 
something, you know, something that to, to, be, to be clear. Now that the debt is taken care of, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, debt's gone. <laughs> debt's gone, except for the house. So that's that's a, that's that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, so now like we've gotten disciplined enough that we can do that. We're like, oh, we went over a line a little bit. Like, and groceries is a good example. Like, obviously things are getting more expensive, inflation, blah blah blah. Um, so if we you know our, we have X amount for groceries put aside, we spend 100, 200 bucks more. It's not a big deal. We have the extra. We just flip it over. All good, which is nice. Nice to have that reassurance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I guess the point is in getting back to to managing money. If we we go back to what we're really talking about, um, you know, and Dan and I are good for the. I think this episode a good example. You know, like our income is different. I won't get into specifics, but you know, we definitely make different money amounts. Um, and and the point again is that managing money. You know, you can make a million dollars a year versus you can make twenty thousand dollars a year, and you can still be a certain level of wealth if you mm-hmm. are planned enough about it. Yep. You can. It's it's a very realistic thing I, to do. I say this all the time with, with people that I work with or people that I know. I, I know a lot of higher income people, not not rich people, but they make good incomes and they're broke. And there's a lot of them. And I always say, you know, when you're talking to these people, it's always like, oh, you know, we need a raise or I need more money. And I always say, you don't need, you don't have an income problem. You have a spending problem, Yeah. right? It's And like Jordan said, you don't have to be a million dollar earner to be rich or wealthy, let's say, depending on how you define that. Um, you just need to have good discipline and if your your expenses are lower than your money coming in, that starts making you more wealthy. And the bigger that difference is between what your costs are and how much money you're bringing in, the bigger that difference, the more wealthy you're going to be. And I think that the same is true for, because I've known people that make high income and are broke. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can go both ways, right? Like you can, you can become wealthy virtually on any income obviously if we get into the whole topic about like poverty and all that stuff that's a whole other thing and that's not what we're talking about but you know you could have the people that are making you know the you know I let's say 40 50 thousand a year I think would be you know low average probably um, to those that I, and, I, and I personally have friends that like or I've seen people um, in that bracket and then people that are in the you know hundred thousand two hundred thousand a year bracket as well and be broke as shit um, and and so uh, with the Ramsey solution stuff the Dave Ramsey all stuff a lot of stuff I share in the social media stuff um, is because the, 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 that's what worked for me and something that that Ramsey's always said and that that company's always said is that um, money's not necessarily a math problem you know like we can all do basic math money's basic math for the most part mm-hmm. um, or at least the basic of money um, managing money of what we're talking about is, is basic math it is but it's a behavior. It's a huge behavior problem, mm-hmm. and and that ties into a spending problem, right? And and that's a whole again, a whole other thing because there's a bunch. That's a, there's a lot to unpack just with that. Um, but like our society, at least in you know North America and Canada, whatever, um, companies are out to make money. They're shoving stuff down our throat all the time. There's ads. There's there's keeping up with the Joneses. There's uh, you know what? There's like I said, lots to unpack there. But um, you know they got they got us. You know, well, so the marketers are good. And yeah. you know what? We're gonna sign you some homework. Watch seven seasons of Mad Men. <laughs> It'll show you all you need to know about marketing. And it's a very good show. Yeah, if you just want to be entertained. <laughs> Don Draper got you. <laughs> um, but I wanted to bring up the point too. Like, um, I don't know. I, I, this has been a topic that's come up a lot um, in terms of work ethic. Um, and you and I are biased on this, and because we come from our parents who are arguably workaholics, especially dad. Um, but mom, mom worked a lot too. To and put in perspective, uh, how our dad's mindset sort of shaped us. I remember being a kid, 
he told us to go we bought well they bought we didn't buy they bought this new house on like this big old farm property and there's a lot of landscaping to be done and our dad put us to work picking rocks out of a field I don't remember exactly why. I, I honestly think he was just trying to build work ethic. He wanted to seed it. He wanted to put grass back <laughs> yeah. there. And it was Anyways, just like he a was, field. He was yeah. doing something with the tractor, so our job was over for the moment. We just had to wait a few minutes. And I remember putting my hands in my pocket, and my dad said, if I see you put your hands in your pockets again, I'm going to have your mom sew those pockets shut. No, he said he would sew them because he can sew. He knows how to sew. He does, absolutely. Uh, the, old 100%. Man, the old man's got all He's going to listen to this episode, and he's going to be gonna, like, damn right, I know how to gonna sew. He's going to laugh his ass off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um... Now, that I had my own struggles with this. So, like, I went through a period where I was working three jobs. I had a huge calendar, and I was like... And every time I wouldn't take a shift living at my parents' house, they would they would be like, why yeah. didn't you work? Yeah. So And to this day, I still feel guilt if yes. I turn down the opportunity for overtime. Absolutely. I, I'm slowly recovering from it, understanding yeah. work-life balance. But yeah. that was the work ethic. Yeah. My parents were always like, why didn't you go to work? It's yeah. like, oh, I didn't feel it. Like, what do you mean you didn't feel like Yeah, it? and that was a huge <laughs> point of contention between Mel and I before we had kids because I would just pick up everything. And I was like, in my mind, I'm leaving money on the table if I didn't pick up shifts, yeah. which was part of it. But the other part of it was like, I almost have like trauma from my parents. But like, you, you know what though? The way we're talking about it sounds negative, but I, I personally like mentally thank my parents a yeah. lot for the work ethic. They, like, I agree. The the message probably isn't perfect for everyone, especially like growing up adults in this modern world. But as kids, like that's a hell of a good thing to have instilled in you because. Yeah. You know, as you get older and wiser, you can start making your own decisions. But when you're a dumb kid who can't reason properly, that's a good thing to just have like as like a, a protocol in your mind is like work, make money, don't sit on the couch playing video games all day. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you want to find balance. We're not telling everyone to work your ass off no. and kill yourself. No. Um, but it, depending on the scenario, right? And and I, I agree with what you're saying. To wrap that sort of side up is, you know, yes, okay, I had to find balance with not picking up, you know, so many shifts that I'm literally never home but it's it's tied into my work because like even like on a on a day-to-day basis me being at work I was like I'm a go-getter I would uh, I would self-describe myself as a go-getter if there's something that needs to be done I'm doing it like I can't just leave things sit sit there you know Mm -hmm. um for the most part I mean obviously I have my days um but but you know, I thank my, my I thank my parents' work ethic for that, mm-hmm. um, and that's really built into our character. And I think it's been a really really positive experience for for me overall, um, despite some of the drawbacks that I had to learn. <laughs> um, so I, so my point that I wanted to bring up here is 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 hustling, you know. And I find like a lot of people, and you experience this more than me, I find, because you've talked about it before. People are always like, "Oh, you're so lucky." Oh, I hate and, that. And you're lucky. Yeah, they say you're lucky, or they look at you and they say like, "Oh, you know, like you can afford to go on like so you just went on vacation for a month." Yeah. Um, in Portugal Portugal last well it was not even a year ago and you know you talked about this a lot where and even even your fiance right she did it too and everyone's like to her you're so lucky I you know I I haven't had that experience yet um um but the point of that is is like yeah okay Dan went on vacation for a month but no one just wrote him a check to go on vacation like he worked his ass off you know what I maybe you want to talk about well and that's it it's it's it pisses me off when people they they sort of break down my successes and just sort of call it luck and anybody who knows me well knows that like I'm a person I express a lot of gratitude uh, and, and I, I will buy into that to an extent there has been a lot of luck in my life I have had a lot of luck I grew up in a really good family had really good parents supportive you know a lot of advantages in life so yes there's luck there there's uncontrollables that went in my favor that that had no business necessarily doing that but by saying oh you're so lucky or that's just luck that discounts the hours 
of time that I've spent working towards goals. And you know, the ability to go to Portugal for a month, people might just look at that at face value. It's like, well, you've got a, a good income job, um, so that's why you can do that. But what that discounts is like the 12 years of doing this job that put me in a position to do this. That discounts all of the things that I said no to that would have cost me money that wouldn't have allowed me to afford this. That discounts the planning, the expenses, the buying a house I could afford, the avoiding debt, all these things that I did to put me in a position. And I just hate that. It's, oh, you're lucky. It's like, I'm lucky. I get up at 5 a.m. every single day, even when I don't have to, to, to study, to learn, to better myself, to work on things. What are you, what are you doing at 5 a.m.? You know what I mean? The people who are calling me lucky. What are you doing? You sleep till 10. How? So you, by saying that, you're just, you're discounting my hard work as luck. And that's what annoys me. And I think it's not just me. It's many people, right? It, it seems like a lot of the successful people, a lot of people like to just sort of call that luck. And I don't think that's always, there's always an element of luck, but I don't think that's fair to discount the whole process as luck. And I, I don't feel like we, Mel and I, my wife and I are quite there yet in terms of, you know, people seeing us as, you know, being super wealthy, but I think we're doing quite all right for ourselves now compared to before. And, and my experience with this is when we were in a pretty good amount of debt, or I would just, you know, in, in maybe to some people it wasn't that much, but to me it was a detriment and I was like losing my mind and we were not going to make it as a relationship and in life in general because of our, our stupid debt. When we both got on the same page and buckled down on it, we both worked our asses off. And I find some people are like, oh, you know, like, oh, I can't even remember like a good example, but like, I don't know, we'll go to a restaurant and drop 200 or 250 bucks, let's say, on a date night, a planned date night, you know, and, and you know, I might mention it to somebody and they'll be like, oh man, like, how did you not throw it on a credit card? Or, you know, they'll, their version of you were lucky and then maybe they don't use those words, but, and I say, yeah, but like, I, we got out of debt because we hustled, we worked hard, we worked hard, you know? I picked, I'll just talk for me, yeah. I picked up extra shifts, I, I started a business, I was washing cars, now I had, a, I had a lot of help with that, you know, like I, I was using my dad's shop for free because he gave it to me, um, you know, you guys, a lot of you helped me out with washing, you know, I had a lot of help and I can't discredit that, um, but then if I go to my wife's side, Mel, like she, she started her own business sort of um she got an extra job she she brought up her income like crazy so like throughout the whole thing about and we did not and, and we got sort of lucky like obviously the pandemic wasn't good and i don't want to put a positive spin on it but i am for us because we couldn't really do anything anyway so we buckled down did nothing we went out zero times we didn't eat out at all and it was hard work for like a year and a half um, both of us just buckling down. We even bought a hair trimmer to cut our own hair for God's sakes. Like we didn't do any extra expense because the point was is that we did not want to be in that position anymore. We worked to get out of it. And I know I've brought this up with certain people in my life because we'll t be discussing debt or whatever and they'll be like, oh my God, I can't do that. Like my mental health would suffer or whatever the excuse is. And I'm like, yeah, like my our mental health suffered for sure. Like it was tough. I don't know how many times I wanted to say, screw this and just run or smash something or whatever like it was frustrating it was exhausting but the end goal to me was more worth that short-term pain well, and i was absolutely right because sitting here right now I'm, i feel good you know i'm like i'm not you know we're not millionaires but like we're on a path to maybe get there one day like i can actually see that maybe happen whereas before i was like there's no way yeah and and that's this whole concept like oh i can't do that it would affect my mental health i agree it will and you're right um but i see it as like you know, I come from a sort of medical side of things. Well, I guess you do too, but you see it as, you know, the debt and the, the trickle down effects of that 
you know the effects on your mental health um, it's like a slow bleed okay mm. and it, it will kill you eventually if you don't stop the bleed it's gonna take a while but you will bleed to death and the buckling down for your year year and a half whatever it takes to, to do what you got to do to clamp down on that debt that's stopping the bleed and you know how you stop a pretty significant bleed in the emergency world you throw a tourniquet on and if anybody's from the medical world knows that hurts like a son of a bitch Okay, so that is that clamping down to tackle the debt. That's applying the tourniquet to stop the bleed. Okay, so yes, it hurts and it really sucks. And the person who's getting that tourniquet applied, they're gonna scream and they're gonna hate you and they're gonna cry, they might pass out, but it's gonna save your life, right? So then down the road, all of a sudden, you stop the bleed, you didn't die, you get sutured up, whatever it is. Hopefully you kept what was left of your tissue and you can go on and live a very good life after that. Um, so it is, it's short-term pain for long-term gain. Yes, there's going to be mental health problems. I don't mean they're going to have a complete collapse necessarily, but you will see some deterioration of your quality of life. But that's the point. You overstepped to begin with. That's why your quality of life is where it's at. You need to reevaluate, figure out how this can work for you, and figure out what your value, values really are, and just reallocate your resources to the things that are important and cut out the crap that isn't important. Yeah, and that, that ties right into like our last point, basically, is control the controllables. And you know, when Mel and I were trying to get out of debt, we literally sat down. That was the, the I will never forget that that night. We sat down, we got on the same page, and we said, what can we cut? And, and what are the options for us to do what we need to do? And I had my ideas and she had her ideas. And when I proposed my idea, it was too extreme. So my idea was sell everything i wanted to sell our cars i wanted to sell the furniture like sell just, the house buy a tent move into the woods <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't that bad that crazy but i was considering like i was like we should sell one of our two cars i was thinking about selling the furniture we're not you like literally i wanted to sell everything because i figured if we did that we can get x amount of dollars we'd be out of debt in six months a year okay and we we wrote that down and then she had her ideas and she said well if we keep both cars because they're convenient and we you know did this instead then we can be out of debt within two years so like my plan was a year her plan was two years and i looked at her and i said okay fine we can do this and it's gonna take two years but like that's two years where we're not eating out mm -hmm. that's two years where we're cutting our own hair that's two years where we're working our butts off with our two and three jobs that we're doing and can we commit to that and we both decided that yes, that's what we were going to do. And we, we stuck to it, more or less. Now, we deviated once or twice, like I bought... Every, new, everyone slips up. <laughs> I bought a new computer, which I budgeted for, and it worked out, but it, I could have probably not done that. Um, and then a few other things, you know, sort of came up. Of course, we had our, our bumps, but um, in the end, you know, we, we made it work, and we stuck to being super frugal at the time because we, I, we felt like we needed to. And the balance that we left in there was we kept our gym membership because we wanted to go to the gym. The daycare there was included for our kids and it was a, it was a two hour period that we could go drop the kids off the daycare and do what we needed to do at work. Even if we didn't work out, like I, I remember I went one time, I did like a stretch routine and I kind of just hung out and talked to people and I took a shower there and I just took my time there was like a break you know that, that that was our balance and like it doesn't doesn't sound like much and it wasn't um and that was the point you know it's because we wanted to save as much money as possible yeah so i don't know if you want to add anything to that and i kind of want to run through those next points pretty quickly cause I yeah feel we're, like we're, we're kind of we're kind of dragging on with this podcast we're trying to aim for manageable chunks so we'll uh i think that's pretty good um and you'll probably see this through our socials and through some of the content we're putting out um jordan kind of specializes more in the in the debt management side because uh, he has experience in that and I don't have a lot of experience in that I've got the textbook theory of that 
Um, not literally, I didn't read a textbook, but, um, and, and then my stuff is more, um, let's say kind of in the investment building wealth side, um, and a little bit in the taxes side. So I'll, I'll sort of let you run with that. You've got more experience and real stories that people can relate to. And I, and I think that kind of has more value. So I agree. Yeah. The last couple of points we'll just sort of run through quickly. Yeah. So just more or less a wrap up. And I, and I think, well, to can just finish up the control of controllables piece. So I want to really drive the point of being a good consumer and having common sense. Okay. And every dollar counts. Mm -hmm. and honestly, like look at everything. And I find this happens when you budget, when you actually put stuff on paper, whether you do it through an app, through a Google sheets, literally on paper or in a, the jar method or however, whatever budgeting looks like for you, do it. And, and I would say, start off on paper. I would just say, take out a sheet of paper and just write what you get for income, what money coming in versus money coming out. Yeah. Just simply it's, it's that simple and just see what it is go through your bank statement for the month and just do it for one month and see what's going on because you, that was one of the biggest cleanups that mel and i did when we did that we're, like, yeah. we're spending how much on what and yeah. like it was so eye-opening i crazy. just i just did my budget for my december expense tracking i did my december expense tracking yesterday and i was going through all my my bills and i'm looking at like holy crap i spent a lot of money eating out this last month no, and I just, oh, it's Christmas, you know, things are busy, I didn't have time to cook. But it's still, it's shocking. You're like, holy shit, that was a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and that was the big shocker when we were in debt. We were like, we're spending tons of money on eating out. It was crazy. So versus now, you know, like we're not in debt. We I was in the same boat last month, so lots of money on eating out. But but we paid for it, you know, like that was nice. So yeah. so anyway, point being, budget I think is, is like, well, I can't stress it enough. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, avoid debt, but in my opinion, by all means necessary. Yes. Honestly, debt sucks. Payments suck. Interest suck. Yeah. It's going to drag you down forever. Yeah. Um, and, and debt, like people might think of that like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Don't get a line of credit or whatever. But we mean like avoid car payments, avoid phone payments, avoid thing, things that you get now and pay for later. Those are usually not a great idea. There are exceptions, but as a general rule, don't do that. <laughs> Man, we should keep like a running tab because like we have so much to talk I about in, in our podcast, man. And I'm kind of, I'm excited to keep going. And uh, anyway, yeah, because I want to get into all that. Um, and, and that's probably what's going to happen with these points. But um, something else I find that not a lot of people look at um, is um, subscriptions is mm. one. So like, I'll give you a very common example. So you know, how many music platforms are out there, Tons. which you can get on our podcast, by the way, uh, Spotify and uh, Apple Music yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and don't, Amazon don't, too. Don't cut your Spotify subscription. You have to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> but like so many, I know a few people that will pay for literally pay for Spotify, pay for Apple Music, pay for all the music services. And I'm like, why are you paying for all of them? And like get that some of them have restrictions. Like some of them have like certain songs, others don't. But like, do you really need that? Really, like, is that a need or a want? And if you can't afford anything, like if you're in debt, which is my definition of can't afford it, then you should be cutting that. Yeah, you could probably find that on the open seas if you know what I mean. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> and if some people don't have the skills to do that, like get a free version of Spotify. It's not yeah. that bad. You yeah. have to listen to ads, right? Like yeah. that's the worst that can happen and you yeah. can't download stuff. I mean, who cares? Who does that anyway? Um, you really need to look at things like that. And and even the simpler stuff too, like bank fees and and uh, mm -hmm. and... and uh, your cell phone bill, um, like be a good consumer, you know, look at the options, do your research. Like you literally Google it. And, and I find cell phones is a big one. Like 
in Canada, we've got the big ones, right? Tell us Bell Rogers, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go with one of those. And I, for the life of me, when I go on their websites, I cannot find a plan cheaper than eighty dollars no, a month. That's crazy. Plus fees, plus taxes, plus 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 yeah. the phone payments, plus right. Yeah. And there's a lot of good options out there, and we're gonna get in another episode about that. And I keep saying that, but anyway, be a good consumer is my point. Do your research, look around, find the cheaper stuff's gonna add value to your life, and. Every dollar can make a huge difference in the end if you can you be smart about it. Yeah, I see you got the next point here. You, you say avoid risk. Now you can take this a number of different ways. Um, I just want to quickly, I'll let you take the reins on this, but I want to quickly say uh, we're big fans here of Warren Buffett. Uh, and he's got a, a quick line, a quote, uh, and I won't say it word for word because I don't know it word for word, but essentially it comes down to the rule number one of, of investing and really for us, for life, for anything, it's don't lose money. Rule number two is never forget rule number one. So don't lose money. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 something that's come up a couple times, people will reach out to me, not recently, just for the last couple of years that people know that I'm getting into investing in stuff and using Simple, which is one of my favorite um, investing apps. I find a, f- a few of my friends and, and people that I know have gotten into it without ha- knowing anything mm-hmm. about it. They literally mm-hmm. just download the app, start buying whatever, and I'm like, oh man, like yeah. like that just makes my stomach turn, you know? Like yeah. it's to me, that's risk because oh, like absolutely. you don't really know what you're doing, and I get like because I was even nervous too whenever I opened up my first well simple account. And, and you I, should be, and, you should and, be nervous. And I remember like I like how do I even buy a stock? Which one do I buy? And I, and I had done some research before. I had yeah. read a few books. I was watching a few things. Like how many times was I talking to when I first did it? I was like, oh, what do I do? What does this yeah. look like? And like I remember like being super nervous about it. And and um, you know it's maybe not it's not that big of a deal when someone does it and you just put you know like couple a couple bucks, couple bucks in it, whatever I guess. But but to me, you know if you if you don't know what you're doing really you should do more research <laughs> yeah and you know what that was sort of one of the driving forces of the course the money check it out uh, but <laughs> shameless, shameless plug, plug. <laughs> um, but that was that was one of the driving forces for creating that course and that course is designed literally to hold you by the hand and walk you through all the steps you really should take before getting to that point point. and by the way we will never tell you what stocks to buy or not to buy we will just tell you what you should consider what you should look at and what you really should know before making these types of decisions yeah the we fact not, is we don't know what yeah. stocks are good or bad nobody knows if, we're not if money people, managers if people knew that with like 100% confidence there'd be a lot more rich people out there yeah for sure and you know we I, I think part of a lot of this is just like what we do and maybe it'll work for you maybe it won't but maybe it'll give you some ideas anyway yeah. Um, yeah I mean I don't know I can't say this enough be a good consumer needs versus wants depending on what your situation is but but in the end the, the thing that's the most common for anyone whether you're making a million dollars a year or twenty thousand dollars a year is a budget game changer gotta do it yeah I don't know I think that wraps up our episode for today I think we did good excellent all right check out our socials guys like follow subscribe comment do whatever send us a private message email uh everything you know we love to respond and, and get back to people and, and yeah. help out wherever we can and we appreciate you guys listening and yeah. uh and interacting we, and we both have access to the accounts as well so if you send a message uh if you have questions about what we love to chat about the stuff we love to talk shop you don't have to pay us money to have a conversation with us we love to talk about it we live and breathe this stuff Uh, So if you have any doubts, questions, whatever, feel free to send a message to us, whether it's email, any of the socials, whatever. If you're in doubt about anything, reach out. The best we can, or the worst we can do, I guess, is point you in a direction of what maybe you can look into, read, find out.
Yeah. Um, and lastly, I just want to point out that the Money Basics course on thinkific.com is uh, has a price reduction. Yeah, it's 20 bucks. We reduced the price, uh, it was a few weeks ago now, maybe two weeks, something like that. I had a Facebook post about it. Uh, essentially, it dropped from a grand total to 60 bucks. And then as it started picking up steam, I reduced the price a little bit more. And then we got to a point where we hit break even. So there was obviously cost to create the course. I've recovered that cost. And now I'm not looking to, uh, to make a bunch of money off of your back. So we've reduced the price. That being said, I am a little bit greedy and I do want to be compensated for the hundred hours it took me to build the course, but we've dropped it to 20 bucks, which I think is super reasonable. But if you do not want to spend money or you don't trust our dumbasses, we have all kinds of free content and that content train is not going to stop. So you do not have to pay us a dollar. But if you did, I'd love to take your money. <laughs> Being supportive. <laughs> but, but the course is a good walkthrough, and it, and it is uh, it is structured in a way that it holds your hand. So there is yeah. there is there could be value to it, and there are free chapters you can try them out, Absolutely. see if it works. And there is a couple of videos on our YouTube uh, channel um, as well that you can check out that uh, basically outline a couple of the chapters yeah. too. So and lots more to come. Yeah, absolutely sweet. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.